This is the Life Podcast. Living intentionally for eternity, people. We are excited, ecstatic to have you back listening to us. This is the sixth episode um, of the Life Podcast. I am here with my guy, my friend, my daddy, the one who feet never touch the ground, and the one who floats in midair. The levitated one, one and only, Mr. Dave. What's up, my brother? Good afternoon, sir. It's a pleasure to be here again. I thank you for having me again, and I thank you for the opportunity to to co-host with you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A lot to talk about today. Very interesting (laughs) topic today. We got a good show. Um, I think it's going to be really good. It's going to spin off of last week. We're just talking about selfishness. And all those type things, and I think this will be really good for people in relationships, uh, marriages, even like familiar siblings, work. I think it, I think it will work for everyone. What we're gonna actually talk about today, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so am I, um, because I think it's it's a topic that we all face. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we all we all face it, and 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 just talking about and bringing out some good principles and how to deal with it and, um, in a godly way mm-hmm. should be very educational and um, kinds of so, kind of soul cleansing for us too because you know we're, we're in the midst of stuff also so yeah uh, we can never forget and and remove from us even though we walking in Christ and Excuse me. Even though we're walking in Christ and we are called to live this thing out in a holy way, we can never overlook the humanness of it either. The humanity part of like we're just trying to figure it out. When you're in close quarters with someone over extend, extended period of time, we're still just trying to figure out how to love each other well. Amen. And in, 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 in any reasonable conflict with someone you love, you do want a resolution. You want to come to a point where we can continue loving each other um, past this. But if you look online, social media, on, it seems like people don't want to do that. No. You know, the Bible talks about that towards the end of time, the end of the age, people will, their hearts will become more callous. They only think about themselves. They'll be arrogant, backbiters, backstabbers, um, hateful. Mm, uh, all those type things that uh, I think Timothy lies out lays out and Titus lays out um, that the heart of man will become colder and colder and colder because there will be this inflection on living for yourself Amen. or making yourself happy. Amen. So the conflict a lot of time comes in when, when you live by that philosophy. Well, what, when, what happens when what makes you happy conflicts with me? Exactly. Conflicts with me. Right. Then what do we do? Yeah. What do we do? When your happiness impedes on what's right what do we do because there's a lot of things that make people happy that's unholy mm-hmm. irreverent immoral. not good for immoral not mm-hmm. good for society yes but it makes them happy right but when you make laws on that or you make um, principles built on that and only fractious things even more Amen. and i think that's what we had it and that's it's kind of scary when you think about it but god's sovereign yes he, he knows it that's where our hope lies yeah he knows it uh, so yeah 
that's just a side note but but i have a conflict i have issues me and my wife were watching uh, i'm not sure if you know who maverick city is so uh, oh yeah the new worship band group yeah that, uh, kurt franklin's associated with I'm glad you said his name yeah we were watching i think they offered a free concert or video footage of their concert in california mm -hmm. and i was watching it and my wife had came in later and when kurt franklin got on stage he has a green blouse on showing all his chest oh wow <laughs> i said this diamond here yeah. he is a different guy yeah and 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 i felt i, I caught a bat for that guy so many times when I'm like, man, people be just, people think Christianity got to look like this, but then he does stuff like that. You'd be like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, how does this glorify God at all? How does this bring attention to him at all? Like, you up there yeah. worshiping God and you you showing off, okay, bro, you work out. Nice. Yeah. Like, okay, that's for your wife. Right. And you know, while you up there, you got to keep pulling your shirt so it don't show your nipple. But you got the, you got your whole chest or everything tight. Uh, it's just it was very effeminate even the men who wow. were singing were just everything was chest open guns out like what are we doing like you can tell how much the world has influenced even christian worship culture and you know it was just sad to see bro there's no other way to put it like people say i'm a hater all they want and but no that's wrong like it's just certain things you look at and be like for real even the world looks at that be like he a christian yeah, that's that's yeah, that's just common decency, man. Come on, man. That's just uh, common decency and and modesty that you should just have for yourself. You know what I mean? And then for your wife, and then for just um, your witness. Yeah. You know? Above all. Above all, your witness that that who you belong to, and. That's very disappointing to hear. I, of course, I didn't see it. Yeah. But at the same time, last night, I was watching, I guess for the second time, I was watching the uh, Kurt Franklin versus um, Fred Hammond. The little verses they did during the yeah, um, pandemic and in and, and the wake of the George Floyd thing. So I was watching that. So I was watching it too. So And, and in that, uh, uh, Fred said you know you're welcome i'm glad y'all watching this you know we got praise and worship and you know saints and we also have a little secular stuff going on he was just you know jazzing <laughs> jazzing kirk franklin uh -huh. you know and kirk like oh i'm the secular one so <laughs> yeah so i mean everybody know that he he kind of dances that line he does straddles that line a lot very talented guy man uh, very talented very um very creative mm. And um, and I think he did a lot for the kingdom, based upon his music and and the um, and the genre, and the generations that he hit. But again, we got we got to be careful with how we represent the gospel. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, you just said it perfectly. Um, Titus says, "Keep a close eye on your doctrine and your life." Yes. And how it's going to be presented presented to someone, and I just think that it, it was just sad. Like we don't have to be like the world. No, but you, 
the world needs to see something different. And I'm not saying you need to be up there. I ain't saying you need to be up there doing that either. No, no, um, not. Yeah, because Kurt Frank has some good songs. Yeah. Now they all biblical. No, I mean, sometimes it's just you might as well just say it's inspirational, bro. Mm. It ain't gospel. Right. You know, but I'm not even that type of dude who, because Kurt Franklin, some of his songs got me through some tough times. Amen. And that's where the pull is. Like, I'm only saying this because I care for this guy. But I was in conflict. Like, I couldn't finish watching that. It was distracting. Oh, yeah. It's taken yeah. away from what we're there for. Yeah. Like, there's young women there. Mm-hmm. We know what you struggle with, bro. You've already had that struggle. Mm-hmm. Like, you should be extra careful on how you present yourself and not to bring any attention to yourself. As hard as that is, and almost impossible as that is, because we still got these hearts, bro, that want affection and attention and want to be loved and all those things. But at the same time, you just got to be careful. Um, so I had a conflict with that guy. I'm like, <clears throat> yeah, and, and that's, that's unfortunate because I'm pretty sure that the uh, the worship that they have prepared and, and that they were given was probably could have been very beneficial. Yeah. But it was distracted. Yeah, it was distracted. Yeah, you were distracted, so. I know people love themselves some Kirk Franklin. And uh, like you said, extremely talented guy. Uh, dude can put can put some stuff together. But at the same time, you just got to be careful with how we present ourselves for the sake of the gospel and what we want the world to know about us. So. Amen. That's Amen. always a good thing to think about. Amen. Uh, so today, Dad... You and I are going to be talking about if nobody's picked up on it yet. <laughs> right, right, right. Conflicts. Yes. How do we deal with conflict? Where does conflict come from? What do we do with it? Mm-hmm. Is conflict good? Does God use conflict to sharpen us and to sanctify us? So. Sanctify is a Christian word that everyone may not be familiar with. Um, Words are important. So uh, salvation, um, when we mean salvation is God um, delivering you from the power, presence, or the power, penalty, and one day presence of sin. And uh, the penalty of sin, we are uh, justified as we get the word justification. Which means God now, because of what Christ has done for us on the cross, it's this account and transaction where Christ's righteousness is imputed and credited to our account and our filthy rags and our sin and our rebellion against God goes on Christ. Christ dies. He's crucified. He raises back from the dead. He ascends to heaven. And with him being raised from the dead, God is saying, I accept your penalty I accept what you've given me and anyone who places faith in Christ now is justified and another way to look at justified is God looks at you just as if you were Christ amen amen so you get justification so the penalty of sin is now covered through Christ's blood and what so was the penalty of sin death Amen. for the wages of sin is death so the sin that you commit against God amen. and people requires death Mm-hmm. Romans 1 says, and people know that sin requires death, but yet they praise it and encourage others to do it. Amen. Right? Mm-hmm. But the wages of sin is death. Exactly. Sanctification is being delivered from the power of sin. So we're already delivered and still being delivered. Amen. 
right? right? So in sanctification, God is taking your will, your disobedient will, and renewing it every day as you submit to God's spirit and through his word. You know, Pastor Oots always said, when you become a Christian, you get two new parents, God's word and God's spirit. And that's who you submit to. And through that journey of submitting to God's word and through the power of his spirit, God sanctifies you, which we get the word saints. That's why we say, hey, saints. Because we're talking about we're the sanctified ones. We're the ones being sanctified gradually throughout our life to look more and more and conform to the image of Christ. So that's what sanctification. So you used to have a filthy mouth. God is using his word. Passages like Colossians, let all filthy words speak from your lips. By the power of the spirit, put that to death. Or if it's lust or if it's anger, whatever it may be, God's using that sin and sanctifying you, filtering out the bad water, putting in the new good water so that you can look more and more like Christ and look like more of a child of God for the watching world and to bring glory to him, stand for fellowship with him. So that's what we mean by sanctification. I hope I explained that well, but that's what's happening. That's what's taking place. Then obviously from the presence of sin, we know on this earth, while we're still here, we're still dealing with sin, but we call that glorification. And glorification is when we get to heaven, God wipes every tears from our eyes, and the threat of sin, the temptation of sin, and the presence of sin is all gone, cast away. Can't imagine. I'm looking forward to it. Revelation, right? And so <laughs> yes. Book of Revelation is all about, especially the second half, is all about glorific this glorification when the new creation comes and God now dwells. His tabernacle, tabernacle is real. Mm -hmm. He's there with us. You don't need, no longer need the sun because the sun is actually there Amen. with us. Amen. And we don't even have to worry about fighting sin no more. Um, and all those other things. All the saints are reunited. And we live in eternity and eternal bliss with our Father. So Amen. that's what we mean by salvation. And when we say sanctification, that's what we mean by sanctified. I just felt like I needed to say that. that was, you did a great <laughs> job. Of because one thing that we always talk about, one thing I always talk about is the fundamentals of our faith. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times it has to be re-explained, re if uh, that's a word. And, you know, we need to be reoriented into mm -hmm. the basics and the fundamentals of our faith so that we don't get too lofty and too high yeah. and forget who we are and what we should be doing on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And that is the sole purpose is to glorify God. Yeah. So um, I think Romans 8 is a good, good text for justification real quick, just so you can understand like um, what, what, that, what that looks like. I was about to say, man, let me see your Bible real quick, but I'm just going to pull it up on my phone. Um, let me see, Romans 8, let's see. Well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it because uh, I don't want to waste that time. But justification, like who who can bring up charges against God's elect? Amen. Those who God has justified, who can bring up charges against them? Who can ever separate them from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus? Right? Amen. Those who we justify with him now always love, always bless. So we're justified. God looks on us when we put our faith and trust in the Christ and Christ alone. God looks at us just as if we were Christ. Want me to read it? Um, I gotta find the exact verse. Okay. If you found the verse, you can. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at uh, eight starting at verse thirty-one. Go ahead. Um, and it's it's titled "Nothing Can Separate Us from God's Love." Mm -hmm. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since He did not spare even His own Son, but gave Him up for all for us all, 
won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Mm -hmm. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at the right hand, at God's right hand pleading for Stop us. Stop there, good job. Yeah, that's exactly what it's saying. And when it said right standing, that's another word for justified. Amen. So in other texts it will say justif justification exactly. or justified. But right standing means God's righteousness. God has a righteous moral character that we all need to live up to. But the Bible says no one does good. No, not one. No, not one. Um, so Christ came in righteousness, lived a righteous, obedient, perfect life. And God accepted that sacrifice. And he offers to whoever who will believe in Jesus Christ. And now they're justified. So that was your Amen. little theology lesson <laughs> for the life subscriber. I hope that it, I hope that it helped a little bit. <laughs> Uh, I hope that it helped a little bit. So as we get into, um, we transition into conflict, uh, pray for us, y'all, that we can actually get through some of our points because, you know, we could be a little long-winded, but I'm going to try to get y'all out here under an hour, actually. So we'll see how we do with that. That you have a particular inside look in this in your professional life mm -hmm. as far as being a moderator or mediator? Mediator. What was it called? It was called a... Uh a resolution specialist. Resolution specialist. Specialist. Right. Right. So you have an inside look on seeing people's ugly side in a mm -hmm. professional level, and your job is to settle it, <laughs> get in there and try to exactly. get them to come to an agreement. So can you just speak briefly and generally about conflict in in the workplace and how you had to strategic how you had to strategically excuse me sorry y'all had to strategically deal with that. Yeah, so so to clear up some of the, the responsibilities, I was a conflict resolution specialist, which means that um, I was the one who deemed if it was necessary or not um, to go to mediation, or if we could um, settle it before we got to mediation. Mm -hmm. Because to do the mediation actually cost the post office money. Okay. So you wanted to settle the conflict at the lowest level possible. And that meant going talking to the management authority because most of the time the conflicts were between management and craft. So that, that meant that I had to talk, find out the situation, you know, talk to management, talk to the craft employee, and see if we can come to some type of resolution without having to go to mediation. And a lot of times that what, what it took was somebody being willing to, um, I, I don't want to say bow down, mm -hmm. <laughs> but but for uh, for lack of a better word, to kind of surrender their will um, for the for the betterment of the whole situation, because a lot of times when you go to mediation, that means that both parties are just holding tight to their side mm -hmm. without wanting to bend at all. And you'll find out when you get the mediation, <clears throat> excuse me, after all of that, is that someone is going to have to bend <laughs> in order to yep. get some type of resolution. Yep. So, so a lot of times it was just all about um, explaining to the people, explaining to each side what it meant moving forward and how easy it would be for both sides if we try to settle it at the lowest level. Because once you brought into a mediator, now you've got federal laws and all of this type, type stuff that's governing the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, there's certain things that you can't do, you can't do, and so on and so forth. So it, it, 
So the conflict resolution at the lowest level was always what we were trying to strive for. Okay. And uh, in this in this resolution, did it ever get nasty? It could get very nasty. Um, and one and one because also in this whole situation, I have to remain neutral. Mm-hmm. No matter what you know, I feel about it personally, or or or, or who is who is uh, <clears throat> who is right contractually. You have to remain neutral. So you explain those things. You explain all of the, you just stick to the facts. Um, and things can get ugly because you know that sometimes, especially when you're dealing with someone's livelihood, their money, hmm. um, and and also just a basic respect thing. Yeah. You know, when someone is really, you know, like feeling disrespected, mm-hmm. emotions can run high. Emotions can run high. So you have to be able to Remain neutral, first of all, and also remain professional mm. and keep a, a level of calmness that things doesn't get elevated. Mm. So someone in the room or someone on the call has to be the buffer that says, okay, I see that you two can't talk to each other, so I'm going to separate you, which means we're not going to be on a conference call. I'm just going to talk to you. Then I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna talk to you. Okay. <laughs> you know, so you have to find ways to keep it moving, without, um, by also keeping the, the professionalism and the decorum of the meeting. Any of the things that you learned in there as you were practicing that, at your job, did it ever transfer into real life? I think one of the most important things in any conflict, resi- in any conflict, any discussion, argument, whatever is that people have to learn to listen with the goal of understanding. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times, as we know, in conflict, you're listening to find your opportunity to say your piece, as opposed to listening to understand and to move towards some type of resolution. I mean, I stand convicted, bro. Right. I stand convicted. So, as you know, in, in the military for 10 years, I was I was in communications. Yeah. So that's just a basic principle of communication. Mm-hmm. You have to listen to understand, not listen to interject. Yep. You know? So I think that, that is one thing that you have to say. And, and, the media, and the mediators will have to give their spiel before they start the mediation. And part of their thing was, do we agree that we will be cordial and respect that one person is going to talk at a time. Hmm. You know? Hmm. Because you can't get nothing done if more than one person is talking at a time. Mm-mm. So in order for one person to talk at a time, everybody else should be listening okay. to understand yeah. as opposed to listening for the break in the conversation so that they can interject. No matter what that person said, I'm going to say this. Mm. So, if there's nothing that I learned more than anything, is that you have to be an active listener. Yeah. With the with the goal of understanding. Mm. Um, James is a good uh, principle for that. He said, you know, brothers and sisters, be slow to speak, quick to listen. Amen. I'll tell you, man, in, in my, the most intimate relationship I have, I was with my wife, 
we can never finish an argument because I cut her off all the time. And she's just like, I'm done. Amen. Amen. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Nope, I'm done. That's it. And it drives me nuts because what you're looking for in, in an argument is control and power. That's, That's what it. most people are looking for. That's it. Um, and the only reason I'm being quiet is so you can shut up so I can say what I really want to say. <laughs> That's usually what's happening. I'm only being quiet, so and I'm not hearing nothing you say. In exactly. my mind, it's like do 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 do. Yeah. But to actually, and that's, that's a, that shows a lot about our love. Yeah, man. And how much we love ourselves. And when you're dealing with conflict, like a wise person contains it, and a wise person. Is is one who's looking towards and looking for um, resolution. Yes. And you're trying to come to the table with, look. <laughs> I prayed this today with my wife. I said, you know, Lord, teach us how to fight for each other, not fight each other. Amen. That's a wonderful prayer to pray. Um, and I'm learning this, Dad. I don't. I haven't mastered that. And that's one of the things I like about the podcast. We're trying to figure it out too. Mm-hmm. But that's the first time I prayed that, and I thought it, it just hit differently. Like, let me fight for my wife, not fight her. Because when someone's offended, you feel as though you got to get back. But like God says, like, vengeance is mine. Vengeance is the Lord. Like, do what I told you to do. Know that I'm working and trust that I'm working. And it comes down to the, beta, the, basic, the basic bottom line that you don't trust God. You think that you got to fix this. You can't control another person. Right, and that's what conflict comes up when you try to control somebody else. Amen. Their actions, their the way they talk, the way they reacted. That you can't control none of that stuff. All you can do is control what God tells you to control, and that's you. Um, but even in the midst of that, you do need to conflict is healthy in some way, and we'll get into that later. Right. Um, right. But I'm just saying, right now in my life, I have to practice what I'm actually saying on on here mm-hmm. because. Um, this is one of the things I think rips apart relationship everywhere, starting in the most basic of institutions, which is the family right. or marriage, which then builds on the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's 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 a reality. So our life point today. Thanks for sharing that, Dad. I just thought that would be a good segue into what we're talking about. So our life point today. I always try to give you a frame of reference or a work. A framework that we're trying to work through so we can kind of buffer and contextualize our conversation. So our life point today is coming from James 4, 1 through 3. And this does a good job kind of dealing with where does conflict come from? What the Bible, what does the Bible say about conflict? Where does this come from? Is it that person's fault? Is it our fault? That if you can read that, um, James 4, 1 through 3, this is our life point for today. So again, uh, James 4, 1 through 3. What is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your passions, from your passions that wage war within you? You desire and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You don't have because you don't ask. You ask and you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Hmm. 
have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask with the wrong motive. You only want what will give you pleasure. In conflict, do you see that, Dad? Yes. You do? <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> How did you see it, Dad? Oh. <laughs> you you said yes. <laughs> Definite. Yeah. Um, because I think that one of the basic things that, that we have to understand is that sometimes conflict or your passions become your idols. Preach. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when when your circumstances or your situation or what you want trumps everything else, mm-hmm. that becomes an idol. Because mm-hmm. you can't think, you can't focus, you can't function mm-hmm. without thinking or this circumstances or this situation um, occupying your mind yeah. and your thoughts. That's idle. That's idolatry. Yeah. And when that happens, of course, we know that God is a jealous God. Yeah. So we're taking our focus off of God and putting our focus on our circumstances or the situation, which breeds what we know that now you're, you're, you're functioning in selfishness. Yeah. And what is selfish going to do when you're in a relationship? Kill it. It's going to cause conflict. Yeah, um, I wrote back on Facebook a long time ago. Um, if you want a relationship to thrive and prosper, pursue selflessness. Amen. If you want to kill a relationship, the surest way to killing that joint, destroying it, Selfishness. Mm-hmm. And, and that that sin, that particular thing goes to the pit of hell. Yes. It, it's deep. It does. And you don't, it's not surface. You ask 50 people, are they selfish? 45 won't say no. Amen. Five may be honest enough to be like, yeah, I'm selfish. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. All of us come here in this world from birth, selfish. Babies are the self- most selfish people you ever want to They are. <laughs> and then you want to see a more selfish person is give a baby a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Give a baby a baby. Babies You'll really babies. see selfishness then. Right. Because when you have a baby, you realize, dag, I got to deny a lot mm-hmm. for the sake and good of this baby. And then you add, hopefully you have a wife before you have a baby, but we know that that don't always happen. But if you have a wife and then you have a baby, you start to see everything that's in you. And you're not gonna like it. But if you're a Christian by God's grace, God is using it. But we have this false sense of this false sense of Christianity where you're supposed to feel good, look good, be good all the time. That's just not true. No. Bruh, you're gonna come to some self-loathing of yourself, and that's called conviction. Praise God for it. John 14 says that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come, the Advocate will come, and He's going to convict the world of His sin. Mm-hmm. One of the primary reasons that God has given us, Christ has given us the Holy Spirit, is to convict us of sin. Also, to teach us. He's the teacher. Mm-hmm. To guide us. To sanctify us. So it will come a point. I'm not saying revel in this. I'm not saying be woe is me. 
But when God starts to show you who you really are, keep going to him. Let him clean you up. No false stuff that you're going to run to somebody. Don't go to look for no pity party and pat on your back. You're not that bad. No, you are. God knew it and he died for you. Amen. Let that comfort you. Because when you start to see, I'm going through that. Like when you really start to see you're not as good as you thought you were, <laughs> it's humbling. It is very humbling. You know, it's like that story on Golanzo uh, told me about his speech communication teacher. Mm-hmm. He was taking a speech communication class at PG. And, um, you know, this professor's up there spewing all this great stuff about how you should communicate. Then him and my uncle kind of formed a relationship and as he talked and he heard my uncle talk he said man they was playing pool one night and I guess something my uncle said must have convicted me he said you know you know he had one of those flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you moments Right. he said you know I'm a professor I have a PhD my wife has a PhD in both both of our fields I teach people speech communication and I don't know how to communicate with my wife oh, wow marriage on the hinge you hear me right. <laughs> marriage about the end and he got a doctorate in, in speech, communication speech communication and can't communicate with his wife mm. the enemy is strong bro hey man that's what i said like proverbs 3 5 and 6 trust in the lord all your heart lean not to your own understanding mm-hmm. in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path Amen. and obviously matthew 6 33 yes. seek ye first the kingdom of god and live righteously and all these things will be given to you. Most of the conflicts that we experience is not flesh and blood. We don't fight against flesh and blood. As a Christian, right. we don't fight against flesh and blood. This is what Ephesians 6 tells us. Right. But against powers, cosmic powers, principalities, spiritual authorities. All that stuff is a reality that we're fighting against when we're dealing with conflict. That's why we need an uh we need a eternal perspective to fight conflict Mm. because if it's just base level Mm -hmm. you and I we will never resolve that Mm -hmm. now people resolve conflict in marriage separate divorce divorce that's it gone walk away it's too hard hard. I deserve to be happy do you yeah you know and 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 It's funny that you just bring that up because that's something that um, I went through. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm in a new, a new relationship, well, a new committed relationship, because I've been in a relationship with, I mean, I've known this person for about five or six years now. And um, the conflict arose in our situation. And one thing that I said as a way of saying, you know what, maybe we should go our separate ways is, we both deserve to be happy, hmm. you know? And, and we're not at peace with each other, so. And she's like, no, we need to work through this. I'm like, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that what so that flies right in the face of what you were just saying. Or what you were saying flies right in the face of what I was yeah. thinking back then was that, you know, no. No. But yeah. she's like, no, we need to work through this. Um, so Yeah, I mean it's gonna kill it kills uh that happy stuff. Yeah. Um you will have happy moments. And I, and I try to be careful because, you know, you got young couples or you got an older couple that's experiencing, experiencing marital bliss right now. But because we live in this broken world, we have broken hearts and we're broken sinners. Um, 
conflict is always going to arise. Always if you read the Bible thoroughly, mm-hmm. yeah. if you read the Bible thoroughly, you will see conflict always is somewhere happening. Mm-hmm. But above all that stuff, overshadowing all that, the biggest conflict that man has Amen. is not with man. No. It's with who? God. God. Amen. And because you have conflict with your creator, you will have conflict with his creation. Mm-hmm. Very simply put. <laughs> Once we figure out and have peace with God, because the aim is to have peace with God and peace with everyone else. Right. But as we was talking about earlier, how did God provide peace? Through that bloody, horrible, painful, debauched cross. Mm-hmm. The Bible tells us that there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's his son, Jesus Christ. How did Jesus mediate between God and man? He came in the form of a virgin. He came in, he was born of a virgin, lived the perfect life, died on the cross, and was resurrected. And his commandment to you, to me, and everyone else is bow down. I deserve your worship. And if you worship me, then you'll have a happy life. <laughs> or as we say, for his glory and for our good. The more God is glorified, the better we feel. The less God is glorified, the worse we feel. Mm, say so. Say so. So we don't need a bigger version of ourselves. We need a bigger version and a bigger view of God. Amen. I'm not saying think lowly of yourself. I'm not saying be self-deprecating for no reason, like woe is me and I'm just a worm. I'm not saying that. But get a higher view of God than yourself and see things change in your life. Because when we're in conflict, we think <laughs> we think way more highly of ourselves than we are. Like we can't even be wrong. Right. Or we can't wrong anybody. Like that's not true. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, and like we like I just said, we all have believed in the false lies that this world purports. Even if we don't think we believe in it, it does. Like you said, we both deserve to be happy. Really? <laughs> So what you just gonna keep going to other people until you get happy? Right. That's gonna be your soul existing, finding happiness, chasing happiness. That's one of the worst things I feel like you put in the Constitution. Man's the pursuit of all happiness. Man's end is the pursuit of happiness. I get it, and 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 life is short. You do want to have a joyful and um, happy relationship, but let's just define what happiness looks like, mm-hmm. and that you need to fight for it, and it may not come overnight. Because nothing good comes overnight. Amen. You know? So I think all that stuff is um, um, really important when we're talking about conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Uncle Lonzo shared with you, uh, with mom, when you and mom were struggling before y'all separated. He said, um, give to God what you're expecting your wife to give to you. Amen. And see if things don't change. Mm-hmm. You said that stuck with you. Yeah. I'm not saying it changed it. <laughs> Obviously, in some ways it didn't, but it was still wise advice. That's a, that's a wonderful principle to live by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess, you know, give what you seek. You know, give what you seek. If this, this is what you want, and, and are you giving it? Mm. Yeah. Are you giving it? Are you displaying what you're looking for? Mm. Or, or is it all selfish? <sighs> Like getting to the getting to the getting to the bottom of that, and here's what it is that for me here's the fear. If I do that, 
that's risky. <laughs> because they may not show it back to me. I may feel like a fool. I may feel like I'm being treaded on. I may feel like, you know, I'm I'm scum of the earth. Like she just get the or he get the or they just get to treat me like nothing and I'm supposed to just endure that? I'm supposed to just be humiliated and you know, I'm casting all this love on them and they keep rejecting me and I'm supposed to just take that? Like what? Right. Says who? And uh, God says, turn to Philippians 2. Let's turn to Philippians 2, Dad. Let's see what God says about that. Um, so when we talk about uh, attitude adjustment, because when you're dealing with conflict, what you're really dealing with is conflict of attitudes, mm-hmm. wills, and all those wills, desires right. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's an attitude behind that. Yeah. In a conflict, I'm right, you're wrong. You should say sorry. I shouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. It's this conflict. I don't think I'm right. I don't. I don't think I'm wrong. You don't think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Somebody got to be wrong, and we just gonna stay locked until somebody figure out and somebody say that we're wrong. But that's not always the. That's not always what it is. Right. You know what I mean? It's an attitude that we need to that we need to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so Philippians two talks about having the mind of Christ. Listen to this. <laughs> Do nothing. This is starting in three Philippians two, three, and I'll I'll just read through it. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Mm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Can't be selfish. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Oh, it's not about you. Mm -hmm. Really? Amen. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. Listen to this. Adopt it. Bring it on. Take on the same attitude as Christ Jesus. How did Christ Jesus think? Who existed in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, Mm. even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Amen. Amen. So the way, one way to deal with conflict is in this conflict, seek the better of some the other person. Mm-hmm. Amen. Resolve it. You resolve it by saying, how can I serve you? How can I serve? Amen. And you know what that takes? Prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want 10 steps? Don't got it. But I do know. Is the old saints you say prayer changes things. Amen. And it's also going to take picking up your cross, dying daily, and following that man, Jesus of Nazareth. I, I don't really have any other hope because the other hope was that you can change somebody. You can. Mm-hmm. You can. But there is hope that Jesus can change somebody. Amen. But how is he going to change somebody? 
will first change you mm -hmm. because God has to work in you before he can work through you. Now, if you're blessed to change your spouse or someone in your relationship or a sibling by you submitting to Christ and he gets all the praise and glory and he's exalted in that, praise his holy name. But in some people's relationship that may be a listen, that spouse never gonna change. But what changes is the way that you respond. Your attitude. Exactly. Adopt crisis. That's it. it you know, you need a total, you need to get over yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that because like, it's, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Mm -hmm. Because until conflict is introduced, you think you're a pretty peaceful guy. You do. You do. <laughs> You do. And and I'm going to tell you, man, that was one of the things that I said over the last couple of weeks. Like, hey, I, I really had a different perspective of who I was <laughs> until conflict came in. You know? Yeah. I thought, man, I'm chill. Peaceful as heck. I'm not doing nothing wrong. But the, that's why conflict can be good. Yeah. Because it, it shows you um, where you may be lacking. Mm -hmm. It shows you where you um, because a lot of times you don't know until you face it. Yeah. You know, you don't know. I don't. I don't know what's offensive to you till you tell me. Yep. <laughs> if this is something that I've done all along, uh huh. And then I do it, and now I find out it's offensive to you. Okay. The conflict resolution is how do we fix it? How do we change? It? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because what I'm doing may not be wrong. Yep. It's just the way that you you take it or how you respond to mm -hmm. it. So where where where's the give and take going to be? Where's the sacrifice going to be? Yep. Um, so you're right, man. You, you 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 we we think of ourselves as a lot of different things until life smacks us in the face. Yeah, it, it, you you, and that's why the Bible constantly says, "Don't think of yourself more highly than exactly. you are." Exactly. Give yourself full measure to the faith that God has given you. To the measure, evaluate yourself based on the measure of faith God has given you. Proverbs says all the time, don't become wise in your own eyes. Mm -hmm. Think soberly about who you are. And you don't get that on social media all the time. No. You don't get that pursuing other things. Like you got to get alone if you care. Now, if you don't care, do what you want. And that's just fair. Like some people just don't care. Right. Hey, man, do what you want. Right. But if you care, and if you're listening and you care, just know it's going to take a lot of um, heart work. The hardest work is heart work. Mm -hmm. And soul, S-O-U-L, um, soul work is um, slow work. Amen. Amen. So, Amen. so, yeah, man, I think, I think everything we're saying is, is on point. Last thing, I, I'm doing this course on marriage from a foundation called ACBC. It's the like American Christian Biblical Counseling Committee. It's really good. And one thing they said, the purpose of marriage, they said it said marriage refines spouses and others in holiness. One of the purpose of a marriage is to refine spouses and others in holiness. How is that done? Sinfulness exposed. Oh, my goodness. In marriage. Amen. Two, opportunities to deny self. It gives you opportunity to deny self. Forgive and restore. Show mercy. Mm. It also proclaims the gospel that there's a problem. How do we fix it? Right? 
So that's another thing it does. And lastly, it refines marriage and others in holiness through striving towards good deeds. Your whole focus in marriage is to love and do good to the other person. Amen. Nothing about you. Amen. Is that hard to swallow? That is hard to swallow. Yeah, but that's what that's what God that's God's intention. That's why when you don't do it God's way, that's why you did get divorced. Mm-hmm. Because when it's about you, it's tough. So I just yeah. was that a good was that good? Yes, that's 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 a good way to define it, uh, what marriage is. Yeah. Uh, because we know in our society today people don't want to define stuff. Yeah. Because right. why? Why you don't want a, an accurate definition of or the basic definition? I don't want the truth. You don't want the truth. You don't want to be held accountable. If I know this is true, I'm now accountable to exactly. it. If I don't know, I'm not accountable. Exactly. But you should know the truth. <laughs> and that truth is going to set you free. Amen. Here's a biblical definition of marriage. And then we'll go on just to say, what is it? How do we define this? Right. So this is how they define it. I thought it was really good. They said marriage is an institution that originated and was designed by God. In this, it serves not only as the cornerstone of the family unit, and as such a foundational institution of human society, but it also serves as a, as a catalyst for sanctification and holiness. Mm. Problems that arise within marital relationships are among the most common that biblical counselors will face. Therefore, it is of utmost importance to understand both the nature and purpose of marriage in order to provide a biblical framework for the understanding that nature of such problems so that biblical solutions are clearly articulated and readily accessible. So again, they kind of just talking about why counseling is important in biblical marriage, but it gives like a good, a good thing. Right. Like it gives a good thing. And you can't talk about marriage without talking about the fall. Why is this so hard? Mm-hmm. Why do we have so many conflicts? Because you got to go all the way back to Genesis and deal with the fall. Right. Where once your, your eyes was upward, Yes. After the fall, it became inward and downward. Amen. Inward is about me, downward towards the base things, right? Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was good um, as far as marriage and uh, why counseling and all that stuff is needed in conflicts. Okay. Amen. So transition. So we just laid the foundation on kind of our thoughts. So now we're going to get into like some main points that my dad and I kind of thought through when it, dang, when it came to um, conflict. So there's some things that I jogged down, some things that he jogged down. So the main point one of the main points is this conflict is inevitable god knows it and allows it but how we handle and manage conflict reveals our hearts and god cares more about our heart and integrity integrity than the actual conflict itself he desires that we walk as our savior walk that is how the world sees a difference and how we know we are god's children amen amen <laughs> With an exclamation point. Amen. Why amen that? Because I think it is very important, especially this part. I'm sorry. I think it's very important, especially the part where it says that God cares more about our hearts and integrity than actual conflict itself. Mm. I think that is that is that is that is the most important that is not the most important, that is very important because it is saying that God cares how we respond. <laughs> That's how, because life's going to happen. We know yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, even without conflict, life happens. Yes. How are you going to respond to this event? Is your goal to honor God and to glorify Him in the midst 
of this event. Hmm. How are you going to respond? Hmm. Thus, conflict. Amen. Like God's word teaches us, therefore, this is Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself up for us. A sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. So when I, when we say our heart and integrity is what God cares about because he wants, because he knows if the more we're sacrificing, the more we're acting like him. Amen. God is a giver and he sacrifices mm-hmm. for the betterment of someone else. Right. And he doesn't lose anything from doing that. It doesn't make him no less glorious. Say so. For giving himself Say up so. for Say us. So. He's still God Almighty. Mm-hmm. He didn't lose anything of himself to share with someone else. Because what he's sharing is just oozing out of him. Amen. He don't lose nothing. Amen. He wants us to walk in love. And how would you define love? It's the decision and the choice to, to, to give yourself totally to death for the good and um, purity of someone else. Amen. Love is always outward. What's the best thing for this relationship? What's the best thing for that for this relationship? It's outward and inward. Because the Bible also says, "What man doesn't love himself?" <laughs> you know what I mean? What man he loves himself by giving himself food and all that other type stuff. And in that same way, love someone else. Self love is natural. Agape love is supernatural. Got to depend on someone higher, better than yourself. Next point we have is conflict is not inherently bad and can be good. But beware, the devil will love no greater opportunity than to plant seeds of discord, opposition, and division among the church, families, societies, and marital institutions. He lives and breathes over this. Hmm. He lives and breathes for this. Amen. So conflict is not inherently bad and can be good, but beware. What you thinking? Well, on a personal note, we both know that I'm someone who, and I think we both are. Yeah. I'm someone who avoids conflict. I hate, I I, I don't like conflict. Um, That's just me in the natural. Yeah. But wise counsel has told me that some conflict is good and necessary in order for the relationship to grow. Because avoiding conflict only bottles up what I'm actually feeling. And it makes me feel like I'm being walked on. Yeah, Yeah, that is. Humiliated. Humiliated. But the only way for someone to know that they're doing that, or because they may know that they're doing it, in order for them to know that I am I feel bad about it it's for me to let them know and for me to address it now how do I address it how am I going to respond to it am I going to glorify God in this situation and a lot of times the way that they respond to me bringing it to their attention is whether we're going to have conflict or not yeah. So their response to my. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and, and I don't. All conflict isn't worth it. No. I don't think that's what we're saying. No. Like no, no, certain no, no. certain thing you, you got to know what to suffer no. for. No. Right. Peter says, be ready to suffer for Christ. 
Amen. on the book of Peter, he talks about suffering for Christ. Amen. And um, that that's a that that's extremely important uh, to do that. But all things are not worth suffering for and becoming a doormat for. There's times where you stick up for yourself. Go ahead. Amen. And and, and earlier this week when we were talking, mm-hmm. and 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 you said to me, um, what would make you challenge someone is if they're hurting someone else or yeah. hurting themselves. So in my reading this week, this is what I saw. It says what determines a minor offense which is you know picking your battles yeah all right so if the offense seriously dishonors god we should talk about it we should talk about that right yeah if the offense has permanently damaged the relationship we need to talk about it Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. if the if the offense seriously is seriously hurting other people like you said like we was reading the Proverbs about the foolish person. Yeah. You said, if, but if you see that that's hurting someone else's witness or someone else's um, testimony walk. or yeah. walk, mm-hmm. then yeah, we need to face it. We need to talk about it. Or if the offense is seriously hurting the offender himself. Yeah. Let me help you, bro. Yeah, let me help you from you, bro. Right, exactly. Save you from you. Yeah, so Amen. those are the things that we need to, right. Those are the mm-hmm. things that we need to, to ask ourselves before we enter into something that we know may cause conflict. Amen. That's perfect. Yeah, like, those are your heart moments. Heart. Right. Wait a second. Like, if, if this is going to harm someone, if this is something of godly foundational things I'm gonna have to I'm not we gonna have to talk about that right LeBron and Jordan don't care no not worth fighting for no. but people do fight over that stuff right. you know sports and and things that we're passionate about things that's your idol is what you politics whatever your idol is that's what you can right. go to bat for exactly um but everything ain't worth or worth fighting for and why I say like the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You right. always see him from the days of Israel. Well, you see him straight in the beginning in Genesis. Mm-hmm. You see it. Introduced. Yep. Before Genesis and Isaiah, we get how he did it in heaven. Amen. How he got kicked out of heaven. Amen. And got one third of the angels to leave. Amen. That's some convincing stuff. Like he's supernaturally convincing. That's way more than anything Jim Jones could do or Adolf Hitler could do. Right. Like this dude is supernaturally um, um, conniving. And then you see in Genesis off the break, and then we're gonna get two chapters of bliss. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, yep, here comes humanity. Yep. He's there, sowing discord amongst husband and wife, and between God and God and his people. That's and crazy. all yeah. the way through scripture, we see it. And God said, you know, this is how I know, this is how you know I'm sovereign, I'm overcoming you. You're going to bruise this hill, but he's going to crush your head. Mm-hmm. Who are you talking about, Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. You did bruise this hill. You hurt him. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to crush your head eternally. Right. So have fun. But it's on a, you on the time limit. And you on the leash, too. The long game. And you on the leash, too. So, yeah. yeah. So, but we need to beware. We need to beware um, in conflict that we're fighting for each other, not fighting each other. Because... You don't want to give a devil a foothold foothold in our lives. And um, one passage for that is therefore putting away lying. Speak the truth, each each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Amen. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil an opportunity. Let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he should be honest. He should do honest work 
uh, with his own hands so that he has something to share with anyone in need. No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good, only what is good for building up, building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. And don't grieve God's spirit. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and anger and wrath, shouting and slander be removed from you along with all malice and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. Ephesians 4, 25 to 32. I think that helps. It helps a lot. Everything we're talking about. Yes. So it's not just putting off, but also putting on. Be kind, be compassionate. And that takes time, bro. Like, there's no other way I can put it. It's submitting and surrendering to the word of God and the spirit of God. And we all, bro, I said in the last one, I go to church because I am a hypocrite. I go to church because I am angry. I go to Christ and ask for mercy because I can't fix myself. As much as and as bad as I wish salvation was something I could do, I can't. Right. And I've surrendered that I need him. I Amen. need something new Amen. and true. Like, we don't always need something new. We need something true, steadfast. And that's what God gives. Um, third point, how we handle conflict re- reveals our affections, love for one another, and what we deem important. It also reveals if we're putting the old man to death and living in the newness of life that God has given us. We should no longer handle conflict as we did before we knew Christ. That is sin. <laughs> you just, just shaking your head, <laughs> If y'all can see him, we don't have video yet, but this dude is just like shaking his head like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Killing me smalls. <laughs> I know. I, I think the one thing that we have to understand is that we've made a choice to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And in following Christ, Paul tells us that we are a new creation. We've taken off the old and we put on the new. Mm-hmm. How many of us have taken on that 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 attitude and that mindset? <laughs> because what we do in the midst of conflict is we say a lot of times, "This is who I am." Hmm. Hmm. No. No. <laughs> no. It ain't because you type A. You introverted. No. Like none of that. So the Bible no. says no more Greek and Jew and no. salvific and. None of that stuff matters. You in Christ now. What is the first characteristic in describing yourself now that you belong, that you're a disciple of Christ? You're a Christian first. So that means that you're a Christian before your gender, before your sex, before your occupation, occupation, before your political association, before your childhood baggage, Mm-hmm. Your ethnicity. Your ethnicity. All of the baggage that you're bringing into the relationship. Your name of Christian trumps all of that. Yep. Yep. That trumps all of that. So your behavior, your responses, your your engagement and other with other people should be based upon that name first and foremost. Um, I think that's so true. I mean, I tell people all the time, especially in this war, don't let don't let your ethnicity make you miss eternity. Come on. Don't make your don't let your ethnicity make you miss eternity. Amen. 
Because look, I want to tell you who you are now is who you're going to eternally be. I'm going to be black in heaven. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I don't need to fight for that here on earth. Like, Amen. I'm going to be black there. Right. Revelation says all nations and tribes and tongues. And right. that lets us know that in heaven, you're going to be you. Yeah. Glorified. Amen. I ain't going to be fat. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to have to worry about eating right. Yeah. <laughs> but you're going to be you. I'm going to be able to recognize you. Right. But you're going to be glorified. They could recognize Jesus even though it was a glorified body. He was different, but you can recognize him. You know, the, the disciples could recognize it was him, mm -hmm. but he was different. He was glorified. So I think that's another one um, that's really good. Like, you, we need to be putting the old man to death if we want to see successful conflicts resolved in our Christian relationships. Amen. Even those who aren't Christians, they need to see something different. Come on. Um, that I think uh, this is a good one from Colossians. Therefore, as God chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are to be so you are to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Is that good? Amen. We couldn't say anything like that, Dad. Mm. No. We couldn't say anything like that. No. We couldn't write anything like that. That's the spirit. Like put on these things. The Bible constantly intentional. says intentionally. Oh my oh. goodness, living intentionally. Look at that word. Look at that word. It's it's about by the Spirit of God putting to death those earthly things lurking in you and putting on the new man that was made like Jesus Christ in the mm -hmm. likeness of now you can walk in the likeness of God, your creator is what Colossians tells us. You have to deny yourself. So when we having all these conflicts, as going back to our life point, why? What is the source of all this stuff? If we supposed to be walking in love and unity and, bond and, and being compassionate and patient and gentle, why do we have all this conflict and confusion? Mm -hmm. Someone must not be submitting to the Spirit of God. Because that's the only way we're going to make it through. But remember, it's not bad to have conflict. God allows it. Amen. So he can see as a test what y'all going to do. You're going to submit to me or you're going to submit to yourself. It's not going to end well. You'll feel good in the moment. you feeling good as a mother. Let somebody know a piece of your mind, Dad, don't it? Oh, yeah. When you get somebody good, you like, yeah. You walk away justified as a mug. And yeah. then God does something to inflate your chest. And you <laughs> while you moping and got to call a person back. Like, I'm sorry, bro. I blew that one. I and I've had to do that millions of times. Right. Being married and people that I haven't been married to. Like, I, hey, man, I, I'm sorry, bro. That was all flesh. That was just... Yeah. Uh, I do it to my kids a lot. Like, oh my goodness, that was just straight anger. And yeah. just, just, because you're going to mess up. Even yeah. though we're talking about this, these are just principles to get us to stop and think. Right. To be patient. But you're going to mess up. Yeah. You're going to blow it. You're going to blow a head gasket. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. as we're submitting to God, it's getting less and less and less right. it's not as rampant so now people can look at you and say you're not as angry as you used to be yeah. I remember if I would have said that to you and you'll see it really in an intimate relationship where they, you, they do something to offend you and they kind of like wincing waiting for you and yeah. you respond in a gentle way and they like the heck yeah. so so, <laughs> so I, I think that right now it would be a good time to talk about forgiveness yeah but before we talk about the that side of forgiving we also have to talk about what is the the true measure of of being sorry or of asking for forgiveness? What is the true measure of that? Is it changed behavior? 
right? Because you can't keep telling me you're sorry about the same offense over and over and over again. And there's no change in behavior. Because now we're having the tearing apart, yeah. the separation, because you, you're not willing to change. You're not changing. So your sorry doesn't mean anything after a while. Because you're you're showing that you don't love me. Because you keep offending me the same way over and over again. So just like you were saying, something happens, people are wincing to see how you're gonna react or respond. Volcano. <laughs> and once they see the same the change behavior, they start to lean in again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As opposed to leaning back to see they go oh okay yeah this is different this mm-hmm. is good so now we see some reconciliation coming in yeah so to be godly sorry mm-hmm. is to change the behavior that's what god wants that's repentance it. exactly leads to repentance you change your mind is to be godly sorry right yeah. now of this and I'm, I'm, I'm turning my back on this i'm mm-hmm. not doing this again yeah so that's what people are looking for now on the flip side, the forgiveness part, are we truly forgiving hmm. when someone asks for forgiveness? Hmm. Yeah. How do you show that you've truly forgiven them? Yeah. You cast that thing from the east to the west. That's it. You don't bring it up. <laughs> that's it. Uh, you know that's hard. It is hard. <laughs> Because the next time they offend you, see, every time exactly. you do that, I right. say, da, 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 da. you right. bring it right back. I know I do that. I'm guilty yeah. of that all the time. Like, right. but bro, like, I thought you said you forgave me for that. And 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 that is a a, <laughs> a, 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 a conflict in a lot of relationships with the fact that people can't let go. No, they can't let go because that gives them leverage. Yeah, yeah. In the conflict. Emotional momentum. Right. To keep bringing up past transgressions. But do you think that that comes from, like, if you, I'm thinking, that's why we was talking about the new man. Yeah. And you said it earlier. It's not about your past. It's not about all that other stuff. It matters, but little, limited. Yes. Because you professing Christ Mm -hmm. now, and he's giving you the power. Here we go. Salvation. There we go again. Yes. He's giving you the power to overcome that sinful anger when someone offends you. But I'm just thinking about the person who parents never say sorry. Right. You know, who've been violated. And um, even, even if they made some bad decisions with dating, whatever it may be. But I'm just, it's, some, it's just pictures in my mind of people who I know have been dealt wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, they've just been dealt a hard hand. So forgiveness for them is, like, real costly. Because this person said sorry, they kept doing this to me. And how can I trust? Because on the other side of forgiveness, you don't trust this person right. in some sense. You don't trust that you want to, you didn't mess me over so many times mm-hmm. that I don't trust. But God calls us not to forgive as we forgive, right. but he says, forgive like Christ has forgiven you. Mm. How did Christ forgive you? Um, I think the Bible says, while you were yet sinners, mm. Christ died for you. So Christ did not wait for you to get it all together mm. for you to become forgivable. Come on, teach. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like it's not about them getting it all together for you to forgive. I think the Bible said love covers all sins. Amen. 
but to put it in practice ain't easy. I can spell this stuff, but to do that is yeah. costly and risky because they may never change, but God will never hold me accountable for if they changed or not. But what he will come hold me accountable for is if I did what he told me to do. So the most important thing is your relationship with God. God. Amen. He says, forgive as I forgave you. Mm-hmm. To the measure that you can, mm-hmm. you forgive like that. Amen. You justify them. Amen. You forgive them and cast it from the east, it's from the west. But if they keep doing it, of course, come. Now we need to talk. Like We need to bring some other right. people in. Because this don't seem like it, you don't care. Right. And it is a humanity side of it. It still hurts me. Mm-hmm. What does God say? God says, the way you live can bring grief on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He, Holy Spirit, is a personal being. Mm-hmm. He's the third person of the Godhead. He has affections. That means grief. That means he has feelings. Amen. He has emotions. And how do we grieve him? By the way we live. Amen. Ain't that crazy? Mm-hmm. So how do you grieve someone? Your life. You keep saying sorry, but you're not changing. Right. But God still calls us to forgive them. For they know not what they do. Amen. And that and and, and here it is. In Mark 14, I think, or Mark 6, uh, you get the famous line, those who've been forgiven much, forgive much. Amen. So that's what, again, you need to, how much have God forgiven you, bro? Mm. Like, how many times you consistently did what God, you knew it. Then we talking about, we ain't talking about Eric ignorance. You ain't no. know God's law. You mm. know it. Mm. And you, you, you got to turn your mind off just to do that sin. And you did it. Right. Right. How many times has God forgiven you in your life? Mm. Jesus said, um, Peter said, Man, you talking all this forgiveness stuff. How many times am I supposed to forget this bad? <laughs> Jesus said, 70 <laughs> times seven. Right. 77 times seven. That's a hyperbole, but it's like you forgive until you can't forgive no more. You forgive until you die. Mm-hmm. Again, we talking generally bad. So it's some situation where forgiveness may be you forgive and still leave. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, yeah. you, you may. You know, it, it may be times where you have to get away from a person. So we're talking generally mean that, the, that the relationship doesn't change, or that you forget it in a sense. Like you, right. you do, you remember, but you don't hold them accountable to it. Right. But the relationship may change because some forgiveness change. is yeah. costly. Mm-hmm. Like if you do something towards my child, like you harm Macy, a man harms Macy in a way I don't want to say on air, yeah, but God still calls me to forgive you mm-hmm. and to pray for you, but you will never ever. Be around her by yourself. I'm not even saying that we won't reconcile to a point where you can be around her, but that's going to take time. You ain't going to do it the next day. It's going to be an issue, yeah. or it may never happen. But I'm still called to forgive, mm-hmm. and it's costly. But Christ did it for you. All your sins, He died for. And he caused us to be merciful, because if it was not for the grace of God, there go I. Mm-hmm. I could have did the same exact thing. So, I think that was good. You good with that one, Dad? Yeah. And we was going to get into unforgiveness like in like two seconds. You just had to rush it. You <laughs> had to rush it. All right, next point. Um, I think we only got two more, right? Yeah. yeah. Next point. This is a short one. We'll kind of breeze through this one. Learning when to walk away and when to fight is super important and requires self-control, discipline, and wisdom. Um, the passage we have for that is uh, coming from Proverbs 26, 4 through 5. This is some pretty good God, godly principle insight. Don't answer a fool according to his foolishness or you'll be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his foolishness or he'll become wise in his own eyes. So that's kind of what you were saying earlier. Exactly. And you go back to those questions of, is this person going to 
hinder somebody else's witness? Is it going to cause harm to someone else? Is it causing harm to himself? What was the other one that you said you remember? The questions you should ask when to engage in conflict? Oh, when to walk away? Is is it, um, uh, does it dishonor God? It does it dishonor God. Yes. So learning to pick your fights. Yeah. Learning to pick your fights um, and learning when to walk away. Uh, quick story, quick story, and then we'll get out. When I was at a, when I was in public school at the school I was working, I had a conflict with a guy to the point where we were face to face with each other. Um, well, he was short, so I was it was more nose to nose. But um, we were we were we were in conflict because he didn't like my witness. He didn't like that I was standing for Christ and that I would say certain things. And I wouldn't like preach the gospel or anything, Dad. But I would just talk to my kids, and sometimes biblical principles would come Amen. up because it would just help them in that time. And he got re- I guess we was fed up this day, and on we were still on Zoom, and on this Zoom call, he loses it. Oh no, nah, you're a false prophet, and you teaching this false gospel. Like leave that stuff alone. It's a separation of church and state. He don't even know what that really means. Right. But I was like, all right. It is what it is. I tried to let it go because we on a we on a live with all these kids. So afterwards, I come out in the hallway and now there's a lot of women teachers around. He going off and he tried he turned and tried to do it to me. I said, "Bro, you angry right now? Let's just talk later." Yeah, I am angry. He's still getting upset. I'm quiet. Lord, give me patience. So after the end of the day, I pulled him to the classroom. I said, "Look here, man. Don't do that. It's never been an opportunity that you had something against me or I had something against you. Where I waited until after class when you did some bama stuff." I waited till after class to address you. I never did that in front of anybody. You just disrespected me as a man. And you dishonored me in front of my students. If they see you do that, what do you think they gonna think they can do? Cause you know our kids. You know they don't respect people to begin with. I want it and you gonna do that to me? Bruh, I can say whatever I wanna say out of my mouth. I did not tell them to become a Christian. I did not tell them to follow Jesus. I didn't even bring up Jesus' name. We was having a cordial conversation and you took it there. That's an issue. And that's going to be an issue. Do not tell me what I can't say out of my mouth. Again, do you understand me? Right. And we were face to face. Why? Back to those questions. Bruh, it's other people listening. Mm-hmm. And it dishonored God. Amen. I'm going to indulge that one. Flash forward, fast forward. I end up leaving that school. I come out in a parking lot. Again, same dude. Whole rack of teachers around. And he cussing me out. I didn't even know it was me until I kept walking and I realized, oh, he's talking to me. <laughs> I think I called you right after yeah, that. Yeah. I said, oh, he's talking to me. And he's going off like, kid, you better keep walking. You over here doing this and you doing that. You just going to give up on these kids. Who the F you think you are? I mean, he's going off. And what came to my mind was, don't answer her fool according to his foolishness or you will become like him, him, like him yourself. I could have engaged that and it was not going to be good because I'm pissed. Like you coming at my name, you doing a lot of grimy stuff, but it's okay. I just walked away and the Lord honored it. Amen. I was able to walk away from that job with a clear conscience. Um, they walked me back in some ways, but I can leave knowing it is what it is. I stood up when I need to stand up, but that stuff, you just talking about me, I'm good. I can walk away. That's mm-hmm. fine. Right. Like, I don't need to prove myself to anybody. I know why I left. Mm-hmm. I don't need to prove myself to anyone. Mm-hmm. So in that situation... I ain't answer him, but the first situation, I answer the food, so he won't become wise in his own eyes. So I hope that, I oh, it does. Man. Hope that helps a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, that's just one it, of the it ways. shows. It, it it shows you know discipline. Some, like, some uh, conflict is needed. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to disrespect me. You're not going to disrespect who, who I serve. Mm-hmm. And the other one is the same worth it. I'm yeah. out of here. I'm leaving. Yeah. And your opinion doesn't matter to me. Oh, that's it. 
It is what it is. So that was another principle. Learning when to walk away and when to fight is super important. It requires self-control, discipline, and wisdom. So sometimes you even may have to bring somebody else in to talk and see yeah. like what you think. Because you don't need that. You need to humble yourself and ask because you don't, you don't always know. Um, I think this up oh, final point. Okay. While in conflict, keep the main thing the main thing. Huh? <laughs> Help me, Lord. <laughs> Unforgiveness and bitterness usually drive conflict. And when arguing on one subject, old subjects and past offenses usually rear their ugly head. Mm. Seek reconciliation, acknowledge where you are wrong and have wronged the other person while receiving rebuke with humility when necessary seek peace in conflict use your words to build up seek resolution and end the conflict all in all choose peace amen that's a that's a great point <laughs> and i want everybody to know that all of these points that we hit and hit on uh desmond came up with them on his own because <laughs> when i first read this and when he sent it to me I was like, wow, where did he get this from? And I asked him, he said, no, this is something I'm in. So, so bravo to you. Bro. Uh, praise God, bro. Bravo. Praise God. But no, I think that this is a, it's kind of a combination of things that I've learned and what I've had to wrestle through in my own life, in the darkness of my own heart. You know what I mean? Amen. I had to really deal with this stuff. Amen. Um, so when we say choose peace, like we said earlier, we're not talking about cheap peace. No. Not compromising peace. No. But peace that's gritty, nasty, bloody at times, risky. But at the when you come out of it, you know, it's like, you know, you good. It's like you know, when we was in the streets fighting a dude and nobody really know who won, but you respect each other after the fight. Like hey, that baby that, that hit hard. <laughs> yeah. I, I respect. I, I respect felt you. that. Yeah. Like, I felt that. Hey, you know man. what I'm saying? It's, the, it's that it's that piece. And I don't mean that we always want to be we'll see eye to eye, but you're choosing. Even if it means denying yourself. Hey, bro, the relationship is more. Or, sis, the relationship is more to me. You are more important than this conflict to me. Amen. I'm going to choose you. Good point. Good point. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to choose you. It reminds me of uh, Abraham and Lot. Uh, the herdsmen had some conflict going on over, like, land. and not enough land. And um, they beefing about who going to get this, who going to get that. And now it turns attention to Lot and Abraham. And they start having a little conflict. And Abraham said, look, Lot, I love you. <laughs> I love you with all my heart. You're my nephew. I don't want this to come up between us. Amen. I don't want this to come up in between us. You are way more valuable to me than all this cattle, all this cattle, all this land. Look, we got two choices we can go. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the Amen. left. You choose first. Yeah. And in that time, Dad, who dominates? The elder. Yes. This is an elder-driven world at that time. Society. Yeah. So that he could have been like, you know what? Bump you, you taking this, and I'm taking this, and you need to get over yourself. That's it. But he said, nah, I'll lay down my right to choose. You go ahead and choose, bro, which one you want. Because you are more important than this land. So choose the person over whatever else thing, whatever else it is and you're in conflict with. About choosing them, especially when you love them. Especially when you love them. Especially when you love them. Um... A guy that I love, we had an issue. He he got real offended by something that I did. I didn't think I did anything wrong, right? But this guy, I loved him. I love him. He ain't dead. Like, I love him. And 
he took real offense to what I said and what I did. I said, look, I don't think I did anything wrong, but look, going forward, if you want me to call this person before I do something with this person, I'll call them. I'll call you first, and then we'll work everything out first. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, work, I'll work everything out second. Mm-hmm. Because I do not want to end this relationship because you think I'm being disrespectful to you. I didn't think I needed to do that. I felt right. like I had a good con- had a good relationship already. Right. That this is something that I that was the normal practice. But if that's what's going to make this relationship better, I'll do it. I'll lay it down, bro. Amen. It ain't going to cause me anything because I still get the person. I still get the person I wanted to hang out with. Right. But if this is going to cause a conflict and a strife, then that's good. But some relationships do end for a season because we just can't reconcile. Right. Because it's not God. Like if you're going to leave your wife to go chase this young woman bruh that's not a conflict we're gonna resolve right. i just disagree with you I'm it's not agree to disagree nothing right. i disagree and you will never get me to agree on that so if this relationship got to end this relationship got to end and that's i think that's the point that we need to yeah. really deal with but yeah, in yeah. conflict keep the main thing the main thing lord i need to hear this it's not about going six seven years back if that's not the instance right now focus on what's bothering you right now And, you know, and, and I think I, that would go a long yeah, way. And, but, but I think that, you know, you said a lot in that. But keeping the main thing the main thing, choosing your battles. And one thing that, you know, I've said in the past that I got from somebody else, don't know where I got it from, is that I think we said this last week. Sometimes it's better to do right than to be right. Hmm. And that's what you have to understand sometimes. And that, and that comes with trusting God. Because this is not the opportunity for me to prove that I'm right mm-hmm. or to hold on to what I, 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 I know. But this is a time for me to extend grace and not harm the relationship. Because it's not going to take anything away from me to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So as you said, okay, I'll do what you, you asked me to do. Even though, you know, I, I wasn't wrong in the other way, but I, I'll honor what you're asking me to do. Yeah. For the sake of the relationship. Yeah. Do what's right, and God will give you an opportunity to be right. Do what's right first, right? Yeah. Trust God. Just trust God. Yeah, and like we're saying all this, Dad, not as people who arrived. No. Because it, it takes a long time for head knowledge to turn into heart knowledge. It takes a long time. For Amen. our words to catch up with our actual life. Amen. You feel me? And because of that, uh, I'm saying all this with a sincere heart. I haven't arrived to this. I'm just trying to obtain and press towards that hard mark that's in Jesus Christ. Because he did it perfectly. Yes, he did. Uh, he resolved conflict perfectly. Just <laughs> read the Gospels. Like he, His whole life was just shaped by conflict. People trying to kill this dude off the break. Yeah. People hunting for his life trying to kill him. He handled it with wisdom and grace and gentleness every single time. But Jesus also was like, hey, look, tell that fox I said to the King Herod. <laughs> said, tell that fox I said da 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 da. Right. He said, man, you, you brood of vipers. Yeah. I mean, he said some harsh stuff. So sometimes in conflict, you it is, but it's done out of love. It's done with bringing you near, not drawing, drawing you further. I want to draw you nigh, not further. But that's up to you. Kill your pride and submit yourself. You know what I mean? Amen. So, oh, you got something? No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. So I think that's a, 
um, just keep looking unto him look to him search for him depend on him diligently seek him and I think you will start to see some um, headway in our relationships uh, Proverbs is great when it comes to like these things <laughs> so a few Proverbs a hot tempered person stirs up conflict but one slow to anger calm strife Amen. a gentle answer that's Proverbs 15 18 next a gentle answer turns away anger but a harsh word stirs up stirs up wrath come on <laughs> that, that's uh, Proverbs 15 1 the tongue of the wise makes knowledge attractive, but the mouth of fools blurts out foolishness. <laughs> Proverbs 15, 2. Come on, Proverbs. One who listens to life-giving rebukes will be at home among the wise. Proverbs 15, 31. Uh, um, so, uh, Rome, and then Romans 14, 19 says, So then, let us pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. Amen. And I think that all is packed into that that one section. Keep the main thing the main thing. Know that unforgiveness and bitterness usually drive conflict. And uh, seek reconciliation. Seek reconciliation. That's like that's that's what, because God was working in Christ to reconcile the world to Himself. Mm -hmm. And as here we go, as men, we should be the initiators. Not to say women don't have any role. And it's a hard truth for me to swallow because sometimes they be wrong. They be wrong. But God looks at the man and says, you initiate it. Even though you're not wrong, you start the conversation. Amen. Even if you have to say, you wronged me. Like, you really hurt me with what you said. You're starting it. Don't let the bitterness grow. Because sin, when sin has opportunity to grow, it becomes pregnant. And when that thing gives birth, it gives birth to death. Most people don't get married. I mean, don't get divorced. Because somebody forgot to put the top on the toothbrush or the, or the uh, toothpaste. toothpaste. But sometimes that'll be the break. That's the that's the straw that broke the camel's back. Because everything comes. Because everything out. else that you didn't out. talk to for the last talk about for the last ten years, fifteen years, that's the one thing that that did it for you. They just snore. <laughs> Go ahead. So let's make this point. Because you said that God puts puts it on the man. <laughs> yeah. Give me the definition of the godly definition of man. A real man accepts responsibility, rejects passivity, leads courageously, and always looks for the greatest reward, God's reward. Amen. It's grains branded on my brain, brother. <laughs> Never catch me slacking. I know that thing for real. So whenever you have conflict, think about what a real man is. A real man takes responsibility, he rejects passivity. Come on, Adam. Yes. Leads courageously and always looks for the greatest reward, God's reward. And you know who that is perfectly displayed in? No other than one who gives life himself, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus accepted responsibility. He rejected passivity. He led courageously. One way you know a man is a courageous leader is when he can get other men to follow him. Amen. Men usually don't follow people. Right. I mean, for good reasons. Right. For good reasons. Like, for holy reasons. You, you usually don't see that. Amen. So, um, I thought that was really, really good. Um, great. This was fun. It was, yeah. It was, it was, your heart, yeah, man. Like your heart is, you We might got to do a part two of this, man. Right. Uh, but your, my heart is like, man. Everybody, let us know how you felt about this topic, and and if you uh, 
if you're still thirsty for more. <laughs> yeah, this 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 is a lot, man. Um, there's so much we can go into, but I do want to leave you with the life point for today. Uh, life point to kind of bring this all up and summarize it into to one, I guess, one thought of how we should end this. Um, Romans chapter 12, 9 through uh, 21. It's a really good, this is Christian ethics. This is what we call Christian ethics. Paul is like kind of closing the book on a real heady theological academic time. He's like, look, if you want to live the Christian life, this is what it looks like. If you want to live in harmony with one another, this is what it looks like. Uh, starting in verse 9, this is Romans 12. Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Take the lead in honoring one another. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in afflictions. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who weep. Weep with those, I'm sorry, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live peace. Live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath. Because it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If, you're, if he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil. Good. Amen. By God's grace, this is the Life Podcast. Living intentionally for eternity, people. God had a conflict with us. And that conflict was that we are sinful. We are disobedient. Genesis 3 tells us that fall came, man disobeyed God. And we all incurred this sinful nature. And we come here by nature, obstinate and rebellious against God. We come into this world from our first breathing moments saying God I will not do what you want me to do I'm going to do what I want to do but God being so good and so kind and merciful made a way for us to come back to him through his son Jesus Christ we can repent of our sins trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ and get to know him as our creator and enjoy him forever more this is life and it's life abundantly say, say, bye, to the, say bye to the people that Bye, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed this this edition, this episode, and I pray that it is it has been uh, edifying to your spirit, to your soul. Amen. Until next time. Amen. Please comment if you can. Let us know that you're listening. We see the numbers, but we want to know that you're listening. Comment. Tell us we suck. Tell us we horrible, or say we good. Either or, it will help us uh, really start building more on the episode. So I am Dez Oots, my co-host, co-hosts. My co-host is Dave the Levitating One, and we out here. Peace.